support in the military is something that's always very important to me. People wanted to ask me how my, my child wants to be a catcher. What do I tell them? I said, catch every ball. And in life, isn't that the way it is? I spent two years in the service, and I was proud to be part of it. I wore that uniform with a pride and dignity, just like I wore the Dodger uniform with great character and love. The greatest name in the history of the Cleveland Indians franchise, Mr. Bob Feller. Hello, Nathaniel Cameron and Tyler Buckholtz here on the American Valor podcast, where we seek to educate and inspire you with acts of valor, supported by the Bob Feller Foundation, embodying the traits that National Baseball Hall of Famer and United States Navy Chief Petty Officer Bob Feller himself lived by. Citizenship, service above self, and commitment to country in a time of great national need. We're very excited to welcome the latest guest to the podcast, someone who has been helping us to improve the podcast recently. Terry Spain had a 21-year career in the Navy, retiring as a Chief Petty Officer. He's currently the CEO of Terry Spain Consulting. He recently released his book, Just Lead, Leadership Begins With You. We look forward to talking to Terry about leadership, and especially some of the lessons that he's learned in his time in the Navy and as a Chief Petty Officer. Welcome to the podcast, Terry. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you for having me. I'm um, I'm very honored to be on the podcast, and you all are doing a phenomenal job with the podcast, I might say. Well, that's humbling to hear that. Um, we'd like to start off just hearing a little bit about your background, and if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, um, I'm originally from, uh, from South Carolina. I was born in Charleston, South Carolina at the uh, Charleston Naval Hospital. My dad uh, was in the United States Marine Corps, so he uh, retired as a master gunnery sergeant. Uh, so I lived in Charleston for most of my life, and then we had a unique opportunity to move overseas. So from my sixth grade year to a, a later part of my 10th grade year of high school, I actually grew up in Naples, Italy. And uh, so from there, growing up in Italy, it kind of prepared me for, you know, different things, moving overseas and and, and, and understanding culture and, and meeting new people was definitely a new experience and learning the language and things of that nature. So uh, after we moved back from South Carolina, um, from, from Italy, we came back to South Carolina. My dad got stationed at Paris Island and he later retired there from Paris Island. How did living in a foreign country contribute to who you are today? Well, it, it did wonders for me because um, here I am, a young kid who's never left the country and I had an opportunity, a very unique opportunity to, to meet Italians, to meet uh, different um, other military children at the time that came from all walks of life. So, and I still keep in touch with a lot of those uh, individuals till, even to this day, we have a unique and special bond. So it kind of prepared me and then even prepared me. So uh, after I graduated from high school, I waited two years and then I joined the, uh, the world's greatest Navy. And I tell people all the time that was absolutely the best decision that I've ever made in my life was joining the Navy because that actually helped me and prepared me to become the leader that I am today. It seems that a lot of the people we've talked to on the podcast have come from some sort of a family with a military background of sorts. And you mentioned your father served in the Marine Corps. Did that have an impact on your decision to join the military yourself? 
Yes, it did. It had a, um, and that's a great question. Uh, it had a, a strong um, hold on whether I wanted to join the military or not. Initially, I wanted to go in the Marine Corps. And one of the things that I, um, that I shared in my book is I had a, a ruptured appendix and, and my, my appendix exploded um, at 17 years old. And I was in the hospital for about a month. I had to learn how to walk all over again. And I lost about 20 to 25 pounds. And being that the Marine Corps boot camp was so strenuous, the doctor only recommended me for two branches, and that was either the Navy or the Air Force. Um, so growing up in a military household, growing up in a Marine Corps household, and telling my dad I wanted to go in the Navy, it was kind of humorous at first. You know, we have the running jokes of our, you know, brother Sicily rivalry for the military. But uh, to be honest with you, they were very happy. My parents were very happy to to uh, to know that I wanted to go in the military. And like I mentioned before, it was it was definitely the best decision because I watched my dad day in and day out as he would put on his uniform. And I used to envision myself in a uniform. And lo and behold, at the age of 20, I joined the Navy and, and I've been wearing a uniform before, for 21 years until I retired. Getting your appendix removed was something I wanted to talk to you about because in the testimonial for your book, you mentioned it, how it was a defining moment for you in your life. And I too had my appendix out. So I wanted to hear how did that event impact your life? Okay. Uh, And that's a great question. Um, I think um, that was a pivotal moment for me in my life. And, And it happened early for me at 17 years old. Um, I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to play college basketball. I wanted to do a lot of these different things that, you know, an ordinary high school athlete would want to do. But obviously that wasn't in my favor. Um, I had no idea what was going on with me um, as relates to this ruptured appendix because no one in my family ever had a, a ruptured appendix or anything that had to deal with an appendectomy. And so for this to happen to me at a young age, it humbled me a lot. And uh, I questioned, honestly, I did a question God a lot as to why it happened to me, why me, why me. And But I think that this was a, a test for me, and it definitely prepared me for the person that I am today because now I am uh, more humble and I'm more appreciative of the little things. And so uh, by having this happen to me at an early age, I can honestly say for me that it may have been the blessing in disguise, so to speak, even though I was suffering for a while. I had to learn how to walk all over again. I, I had to eat through tubes through my neck because I couldn't take on any hard food. Those are the things that I look back on as sometimes when I wanted to, like, as an adult, feel like things wouldn't go in my way. And I said, oh, man, I'm just going to give up and not, t- you know, stick the course or stay the course. I look back. And my, I look at my stomach and I look in the mirror sometimes and that gives me a reminder as to not to give up. And I'm not going to allow you to give up because I went through so much as a kid. So it motivates me and it keeps me going daily. That's a really inspiring story that you really kind of embraced some of the lessons that you could learn from that and try to find the positive in the struggles in life. And I think that's something that people can really try to implement in their own lives as they try to grow and improve. So as transitioning into your career in the Navy, um, were there any leaders in the Navy that prepared you and made you who you are today? 
Oh yeah, it was definitely a, a lot of leaders and too many to uh, too many to name out. But uh, I, I have to be honest with you, I was very uh, very blessed to have some great leaders, and uh, whether they were officers or enlisted, and a lot of those leaders saw the potential in me. So they never let me. They never let me uh, or allowed me to give up, and uh, and so I had one particular chief that that would make me do a lot of research, even though he knew the answer to the question that I may have that I needed to to ask him. He knew the answer, but he made me research it to make me a better person and make me more well-rounded, so that when I'm leading people and those people that I'm leading have those questions, I at least have the answer. It can kind of mimic what he did and have them have them have them get have the opportunity to to research and learn. And so at, initially, like I said in my book, one of the things that I mentioned in my book is I didn't understand that at first why he would always make me research and do and look up different things until he broke it down to me and explained me explained to me why he did that. And I appreciated that after I got the correct got the answer that he gave me. But I had so many great leaders that has been by my corner, been by my side, pushed me, motivated me, even when I didn't want to be pushed, even when I didn't want to be motivated. They did that, and I am definitely grateful for all of them, and I've definitely reached out to all of them and, and thanked them for that as well. This is something we've heard a lot throughout our interviews, that they had a lot of people who were influential in their career and personal lives. What are some things that you learned from your role models or other lessons from your career? Some, some of the lessons that, that I definitely picked up from them is, uh, is be true to who you are. Uh, don't switch up. It, it, you, you stay the course and uh, be fair, be firm and, and, and definitely be forgiven because oftentimes people make mistakes and you can't really hold them accountable. You can hold them accountable, but you don't want to, you know, continues to to let them realize that they made a mistake. You got to help them and ha have them bounce back. So I've learned how to help people in that aspect because I know for me, I made some mistakes. But those chiefs and those officers who who really I, I looked up to, they helped me out and showed me and, and informed me, hey, these are different ways that you can go versus not doing it this way. So I learned that from them. But so those are some of the things that for me that has helped me and I've, and I've been able to, and I was able to reciprocate and, and, um, and give to you my younger sailors and not just my younger sailors, even people that I encountered throughout my, my military career that was not in the military, I was able to do those same things for them as well. You mentioned staying true to yourself and being forgiving. As a leader yourself and working with a lot of corporations, developing leaders, I feel like those are two very big aspects because if you're not yourself, people will see through that. And forgiveness is important because if you're unable to move on from events that didn't go according to plan, um, you're just going to be right back where you were. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. Those are definitely important tips. I think you hit it right on the head. Um, you definitely have to have those characteristics. And then it will show if you don't. Uh, um, the people that you lead or the people who look up to you, they will know what type of person you are. So it's very important that, that you uh, remain true to who you are. As you're talking about some of the characteristics that you've learned from the Navy and what you look for in a leader, um, we've hinted at a little bit 
um, talking about your book, Just Lead. So you actually just released this book. So what was that process like of, of writing down some of your thoughts on leadership and writing that book? <laughs> well, it was, uh, it was definitely a, uh, a kind of a strenuous process, but it was, it was definitely rewarding. I tell people that this book, Just Lead, it's, it's a small book, but it packs a powerful punch. And uh, so what I did is just took some of the, the lessons learned that I've, the lessons learned that I've uh, encountered and put them in this book. And whether it was my military time or it was time when I was not in the military. And, uh, and so this, this book, Just Lead, is definitely designed to kind of motivate you, encourage you to do better, not only in life, but in your community and, and motivate and help others as well. There are a lot of different kinds of leaders, some quiet, some more outspoken. How do you try to tell people to balance those two styles? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. So I, I tell people all the time, you don't have to be the boisterous, uh, up-in-your-face type leader. A lot of the leaders that I look up to are very quiet and they're very humble. And I, I looked at their approach of how they operate and how they do things, and I found that that was very effective. So um, the balance between the two is you have to know when to 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 either be a fe- uh, to be a boisterous leader or when you can be behind the scenes to help someone grow. So that's definitely a um, an art and a and a um, and a and a and a, a trick to, that you have to use and you have to you have to balance the two. And it does take time. Not everyone gets it in the first year, second year, or third year. It definitely took me some time to understand and to balance the two because um, initially when I um, was taking on more leadership roles, I honestly thought that I would always have to be up front. But as I started looking at other leaders and people that I admire, and I noticed that they didn't, it was never up, up front. They were usually behind the scenes, but their work, and the way that they operate and maneuver was very, very powerful. So I took those those different things and I, I utilized those, and that helped me a lot. And in particular, with helping helping me be the leader that I am today. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the role of chief petty officers in the United States Navy. We recently released a conversation with retired Rear Admiral Frank Thorpe and. One of the things that he talked about was the impact that some of the chief petty officers in his career had on his his leadership and his journey kind of growing and learning throughout his career. So and Bob Feller himself was actually a chief petty officer when we talk about the Bob Feller Foundation. So I'm just curious, what did it mean to you to be a chief petty officer and, and what do you tell someone the, the significance of what that means? <laughs> That's a great question. And uh, I'm glad that you, uh, you did mention that uh, that Bob Feller was a chief petty officer because I was going to mention that as well. So that's great on you. And, uh, and Admiral Thorpe, uh, he definitely understands the importance of a chief petty officer. Um, but for me, uh, 2010 is when I became a chief petty officer. And to me, in my military career, being a chief petty officer was the best thing that happened to me in my military career. And I could be a little biased because I know all the other services have, uh, their ranks, but chiefs run the Navy. And, and that's not a tall tale myth. That's an actual, the actual truth. And just the common bond and, and the uh, synergy that we have as chief petty officers, even after we retire, is still strong. 
stronger than ever. Um, I feel like I, even though I retired, I haven't missed a beat. I still keep in touch with a lot of chief petty officers, both active duty and retired. And there's nothing that I wouldn't do for any one of them. And, uh, and that's what we're taught as chief petty officers to always look out for our brothers and sisters. And I have to admit that we've been doing an amazing job with that. Just the networking, the bonding and the, uh, and the, and the brotherhood and sisterhood that we have is amazing. So I know that I'm a, I'm a little biased because I was a chief petty officer, but I have to be honest, if, if I haven't became, if I wasn't a chief petty officer, I don't know if I was able to write this book because a lot of the stuff that happened to me in my career that I learned from were from chief petty officers or during my time as a chief petty officer. And I have to, like I said before, this it's amazing. And I wouldn't change it for the world. That's, that's amazing to hear your thoughts on that. I know Bob Fuller would always later say in his life that winning World War II and being part of the Navy, it was the greatest team he was ever on. And some of the greatest memories he ever had. So I just think that speaks so highly to, to what you're talking about. Was there something that ultimately drove you to write your book? Yes, it did. And, and, and oddly enough, it wasn't, um, it wasn't what a lot of people think it would have been, but I was at an event where I was one of the, uh, the guest speakers. It was myself and four other people that were the guest speakers, um, speakers for this, uh, this conference. And one of the ladies came up to me who happened to be an author. She said, uh, you know, one thing that I noticed, uh, Mr. Spain, is that everyone on this panel is an author except for you. And she said, what are you waiting on? And initially I was like, wow, you know, I didn't really think nothing of it. And uh, so I went home, I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? She was absolutely correct. She said, I don't care even if you just have a small book. You need to have a product because you put out powerful information and you, I can see that you are a leader. So you need to put out a product so that people can have a, a part of you. So as about a week or two went by, every Sunday I used to get up in the morning and write a page and put pen to pad. Uh, pad. And that's how I started my book, Just Leave. The title, everything just came all in itself. And from then on, I used to hear that voice in her head when she asked me, why didn't I have a book? And everyone else on this panel did. And so that stuck to me. And that stick, and that's, that has stuck with me to this day. And so that's why I wanted to put the book out. And now people will have a piece of me that I can give out to those and maybe I can help them out because the goal of this book is to have people read this book and put themselves in their, in my situation and apply some of those things that are on this and that in this book to help them out, to motivate them, to make them become a better person. You mentioned waking up every Sunday to write a page for your book. What did it take for you to actually sit down and write the book every morning? It, it definitely, the first thing it takes is discipline and it, and it and it takes fortitude and it takes um a whole lot of research some of the stuff uh, I did research on uh just to make sure that I was uh given putting out the best product but then I also just stayed true to the course and uh one of the unique things that I was able to do is some of the people who I call great leaders I was I was able to have them contribute to the book 
and I asked them the question of what leadership meant to you. And I asked them to please write a page of what leadership meant to them. So those gentlemen and leaders, they, without question and no hesitation, accepted the challenge and wrote a page in the back of my book as to what a leader means to them. But it definitely takes uh, discipline and it takes time and you have to stay true to your course. You mentioned you had great leaders write a page about what leadership means to them. What does leadership mean to you? That is an outstanding question, and that's the million-dollar question, I guess. What leadership means to me is, is um, so in, in my book, um, Just Lead, I, the lead part stands for, for me, I wrote, is let everything around develop. So as a, as a leader, uh, you let things and people around you develop. So you're constantly having people develop and hone their skills. So as a, for leadership, leadership means to me is making sure that people around you are all set, as good to go, that, that can lead. And when you're not even around, they can remember the things that you taught them and put those and implement those into their daily lives. So you can go many different ways as to being a leader and what leadership means to you. But for me, leadership means truth. Leadership means fortitude. Leadership means strength. And leadership to me means chief petty officer. That's the tricky thing about leadership, I think, too, is that everyone's going to have their own definition. But you can see it when someone displays it. But it's hard to characterize it because it's so dependent on other people that you're leading at that specific time, which makes leadership's definition almost as dynamic as itself. Um, because it's dynamic, it makes leadership difficult and scary um, to people stepping into leadership roles. What is some advice you have for people looking to take on a leadership role? The one piece of advice that I would give someone who's uh, trying to be in a leadership role is to just to remain humble, remain true, and always, always remember that you don't have to do everything on your own because there are people that have either been through the situation or going through the same situation you may be going through as a leader, and it's always good to ask for help. I'll go through and give my advice to everyone uh, looking to improve their leadership, and that's to go buy your book, Just Lead. Um, Terry, where can people get your book? Well, if you would like to... Uh, if you would like to read the ebook, you can go on Amazon and just type, type in my name, Terry, T-E-R-R-Y. Last name is Spain, just like the country, S-P-A-I-N. And I'm looking to have Amazon uh, put the uh, paperback copy on there soon, too. Uh, but another option is to go on my website, which is TerrySpainConsulting.com. And once you're on that website, you will see a tab that says, My Book Just Leave, and you can order from there. So those are the two ways that you can order uh, the book Just Leave. You are the first person we have talked to on the American Valor podcast while being or retiring at the rank of Chief Petty Officer in the Navy. And Bob Feller himself was a Chief Petty Officer, and we talk about his act of valor as he enlisted in the Navy after Pearl Harbor, even though his father was dying from cancer and he was eligible for a deferment. He actually sought out a combat role and wanted to serve his country. What is your definition of valor? If I am the first chief petty officer, I'm, I am definitely honored by that, um, only because 
of of Bob Feller and all the stuff that he was able to contribute to uh to to this great nation. But for me, uh valor is means someone with great courage, you know, and uh who's willing to go the extra mile to not only help out himself or herself, but to help out their country. So for valor that that's what I would take and that's what I would say what valor means to me. That's a great definition. I think our listeners have learned a lot from you talking today on valor and leadership. And we want to thank you again for joining us today on the podcast and being a part of our team. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. And like I mentioned before, I want to thank you all for, for continuing to do the amazing work that you do and, and please stay the course and, and stay focused as well. Thanks so much, Terry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. The Bob Feller Foundation is excited to be offering two scholarships this year. One for a student who has a parent currently serving in the Navy, Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, Coast Guard, National Guard, or Reserve components. The other is for a veteran with an honorable discharge. You can find more information about these scholarships at actofvaloraward.org under education. Please consider applying or sharing this information with an eligible student. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the American Valor Podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. This has been Nathaniel Cameron and Tyler Buckholtz on the American Valor Podcast.